Midweek Mastery, here we go again. I don't know if you're listening by yourself or with some friends, but we're about to spit some lines, about to educate you. Treat it like school. Don't be a fool because you know learning is cool. Here we go again, Midweek Wednesday on the mic. Mike and Andrew, at my dismay, we're about to give you all the things that you can play back and forth, forth and back. Let's go. Consider me the white, handsome version of Harry Mack. Here we go, everybody. Wacky Wednesday, Wednesday mastery. Let's do this thing. Even if you have Q1 and Q2 done, like how could you look at those numbers and create projections for the rest of the year? I already had a call with my accountant just to look over my first six months and just seeing what we're doing, how we're pacing so far for the year. Are there any adjustments that I need to take? So we just looked over by PL after six months and just dove into it a little bit two weeks ago and came up with some strategies. There's a lot of benefits once you have this. But again, I don't know where everybody's that's watching this recording and that's with us live, where you're at with your P&L journey and your expenses and your reporting. That would be helpful just to kind of know. <laughs> like We could just teach, of course, but we're here to more yeah. so serve and make sure that we're helping and executing. Yeah. Take your picture of your quick and dirty P&L or whatever you're working on, throw it in here. In the spirit of what Mike is sharing there, what I would do is I would take the spreadsheet that we share, annual business budget, and then I would create probably this structure. And then I'm just going to share this. I don't think I'm going to share everything, but I'll share some things. All right. When it's green, that's money coming in, right? And then here's some expenses like group track CRM, $97. So we would just download this financial to us. I guess I could just download this to a CSV. And then what we would do is just actually go through and start categorizing them, throw them into the Google spreadsheet, and then we can see where things are going. So lots of transactions, lots of transactions. And then we finally get some revenue. Here's some tech expenses. Why it was declined, we're not sure, but that's, that's good. And then it's like, okay, here's another tech expense. But you get the idea, it adds up. We would take that, put it into a CSV format, and then start to categorize it as something that's going to be beneficial to you. And then what you can do is you can actually reference those categories. You can do count ifs or different things like that in Google Sheets. If you don't know how to do that, you can do a count if. And there's certain formulas that will actually reference this July spreadsheet and actually calculate the number in real time. In terms of third-party bookkeeper gets free access to enter expenses for somebody for $80 a month, right? For QuickBooks. And it's just an easy way to track a lot of these things. So, okay. You want to get into balance sheets? So calculating your balance sheet, it's going to be different for all of you in terms of how you think about your balance sheets. Basically, balance sheet is different from a P&L in that basically what this is trying to measure is the equity of the business. Meaning like, it's almost like calculating the net worth. You know, when you think about calculating your net worth, we're going to look at your assets. We're going to look at your liabilities. So the house that you live in that you own or whatever, maybe that's an asset. Other investments that you have, that's an asset. Things that you own that are valuable, those are assets. So from a business perspective, same thing. What are the assets? Well, there's like things like intellectual property, there's actual goods, there's inventory, all these different things that are going to give you the clarity in terms of what the assets are that the business owns. I look at like someone like Muhammad. I don't know how much you spent on that laser engraver. It wasn't cheap. 25 grand, 30 grand, 34 grand, right? So Muhammad came to me and was like, hey, should I spend $34,000 on this? Bro, I don't know. Let's talk about it. <laughs> How much can we make off of it? What are the payment schedules look like? Are you paying in full or are you financing it? And we asked all the different questions to determine whether he should purchase this $34,000 asset. Could you sell it in a pinch? Does it retain its value or does it depreciate? What's kind of the depreciation schedule on it? 
So these are just certain considerations that some of you maybe have a little bit less asset-based businesses, and that's fine too. But every single one of your businesses has assets. One of the assets that we have is intellectual property. So it's like if someone wanted to come and buy Better Than Rich, then that would be really what they're buying is access to that intellectual property. And of course, your clients, your email lists, all of those different things are also assets. And then of course, liabilities are things like debts that you owe and those sorts of things or accounts payable. So we look here as ideas like these are some different things that are assets on hand, cash, accounts receivable, inventory, prepaid expenses, land, buildings, vehicles. So circle the ones that are relevant to you, patents, copyrights, trademarks, domain names. This came in handy for me when I was applying to become an accredited investor, which was helpful because I was able to use some of these assets as a way to get an evaluation for my business. So using my profit, loss, and revenue for the last three years, along with these assets for Game Changers LLC, the valuation came back as a high enough range, plus my net worth and my other investments and everything to show that I was at a net worth over a million dollars to get me accredited, which by becoming an accredited investor, that opened me up to these syndication deals that had higher ROI that I was able to invest in. So this could potentially be really helpful. Now, I didn't know that. I literally learned this last year. So this was stuff that was super helpful for me. And you might not need it right this second, but I think it's something for you to get prepared for because maybe who knows where you'll be in one or two or three years from now. And then essentially, based on what the liabilities are, then we subtract them. We don't really have liabilities because we haven't taken any credit out or anything like that to build this business. What are our liabilities? I mean, payroll, future rook payroll. Am I missing anything that's like a liability on our books? I mean, the taxes that we'll owe for this year, that's only the only one. So it might be something like 25 grand or something like that, or 30 grand or something in terms of liability. So then it's 2023 taxes. I'm going to put in here. I'll share my screen again, just as an example. And then that way you guys can see what it looks like. But if we said 2023 taxes and that, let's just call it 30 grand to be safe. The next one is accounts payable. Maybe we have some outstanding invoices or something that we need to pay. And that's three grand. And then we have August payroll, and that's 20 grand or something. It'll give you an idea of what this would look like. So we add that up, that's 53. And then up here in the Muhammad example, it was 36, 66. So pretty easy numbers, but it would be 66 minus 33. The business equity is 33,000. And then when you think about what that's worth, typically businesses will sell for a multiple. So 3X is kind of a good starting point for most businesses. Maybe you could sell that business for 100 grand. Service based businesses, a lot of times, will value out a little higher. Maybe 5X is a multiple that you might be able to get. So maybe you could sell it for 150 or 200 grand. So that's just how you would calculate that. It's going to be important for some people more than others to be calculating these things and to kind of track it. Again, especially when you have assets that are things that you're making big purchases, like stocking up on inventory or equipment or those sorts of things, these become more important. Or you invest in a, maybe you put 10 grand into a website, but then it's worth 30 grand or 50 grand. Now you have an asset, even though you've spent money to create it. Yeah, Lindsay asked a question, why can you sell it for three times the worth? In terms of a lot of times what the way that works is you're thinking about what cash it can spin off. You want to think about like, how likely is it going to be continuing to produce cash? Again, I definitely don't consider myself an expert on this, Lindsay. But like, basically, in theory, we could create an EBITDA for your business. And then the way you want to think about that is how likely is this cash to be retained into the future? 
So how much, how likely is it to continue to spin off cash for the, for the business owner? And so if it's higher, then that's good. Now, by the way, some businesses, because they haven't gone through the operator to owner program, a lot of the processes and the knowledge, or even the value that's being created on a daily basis is coming from the founder. Really, a lot of times the business actually isn't worth shit because it's only worth something because Stu works there. <laughs> so Stu wants to sell the business, but all the value is being created by Stu. It's actually not worth something. And so that's the challenge for a lot of business owners. And that's why we try to teach what we teach so that you actually could sell your business, Lindsay, because its value is independent of what you're bringing. Someone else could do your job at least halfway decent. That's one of the reasons why when I started Better Than Rich, we didn't brand it as like the Andrew Biggs show. We began to invite... Then I went over to Tampa and I guess it was 2020, end of 2021, hung out with Mike and I'm like, Hey man, let's get you in here. And we struck a deal. This could become a coaching brand that is above and beyond and has this umbrella beyond just our personalities. So it doesn't mean that we're not also building personal brands, but it also means that the Better Than Rich umbrella is big enough that if Better Than Rich ever did want to get sold we did want to do that, we could entertain that. And it's a standalone business that's not necessarily tied to us, even though right now it kind of is. I was blown away by the Elijah Cheeks call about getting access to business credit. Go back and watch that too, because adding fuel to the fire... Like I just logged into Stripe and Stripe's like, you guys are eligible for a $97,000 loan right now. I didn't look at the terms. It's not like I'm seriously considering it. But the question on the table might be, could we use 97,000? And if, you know, could we make more than whatever the interest is that we're going to have to pay on that $97,000? How quickly would we get that money back? And how quickly could we repay the loan? And you start to run the math on that and you, you got to make sure you know what you're going to do with it. Otherwise, you're just taking on debt for no reason. You're paying interest for no reason. But in theory, if you can get access to capital, especially cheap capital, Using other people's money is a great way to grow that business. So you can see him here. He talks about, yeah, how to make sure your business credit profile essentially is really in compliance. You've got to show to the banks that you are running a stable business. <laughs> and if you're going to want to exit your company, you got to show that it's a stable business. If you can actually get excited about the financial side, there's so many levers for you to pull that you could have the exact same business that could be three times as profitable. Or you could figure out one thing on the marketing side where it's like by tripling your ad spend, all of a sudden your business is doing 200 grand a month because you figured out one Facebook ad and you poured a bunch of money and you're starting to pay $20,000 a month into it, but it's bringing in 200 grand a month because you figured out one thing. So sometimes just having that access to capital and, and having dry powder to, to shoot can be really, really useful. It's a game just like anything else that you have to play. That's just one thing that I've come to appreciate more because I can talk about all these things about how to grow your business all day long, but making sure that you guys are actually financially sound. It's just so important because otherwise, what are you doing it for? You have a hobby, not a business. We do have this other section around financial modeling that could be really useful for us to go through, especially if you're starting a new business or you're trying to calculate how to think about a new vertical. So we look at like, this next page, page 17 that Mike's showing, what are the expense categories for this new vertical? Marketing and advertising, COGS, R&D, DNA, sales, revenue, production, like commissions and such, general administrative costs, employee benefits, interest, and financing. So we can actually kind of mark, map that out. Each business is going to be a little different. But if we look at what Mike's showing there, I can't necessarily see it. 10% for marketing, 10% for sales, 20% for cost of goods sold, 20% for admin. That is adds up to 60%. And then that would be a 40% profit. If we were to try to calculate that for 
For Chris, it's probably not that dissimilar to what we're looking at here. Obviously, cost of goods sold would probably go down, but it would be the actual fulfillment. She'd probably have to pay a pretty hefty price for that. Maybe that actually goes to 40% for the fulfillment of it. And so her margin might actually be a little lower, but the admin might be lower, right? Maybe that's only 5 or 10%. Maybe she doesn't really have a sales scene right now that's able to be eaten by her. The other thing to be thoughtful of is as you scale, will it be sustainable? So as we brought in a sales team, basically, if Mike and I were the sales team before, we might not pay ourselves commission on the sale because whatever, it's our company. It's just going to the company bank account. But if we're going to bring in a sales guy, now we have to pay that commission. So we have to make sure that the price of the service actually accounts for the commission that eventually you're going to have to pay somebody. So these are just different thoughts about how to actually go through a financial model and to map it out. So it's going to be different for each of you. I mean, it's a matter of taking the time to put your expenses in order and, and looking at where your numbers are at. For those of you that are using the virtual assistants, I mean, it's a perfect opportunity for you to get your statements and transactions from the last month and put it into place. All right, Better Than Rich Show listener, thanks for sticking around to the end. If this episode inspired you, if it motivated you, if the connection that you're getting from our guests and from us resonates with you, we just want to extend a little offer to you to help you regain some time. Because one of the things that we've realized as busy entrepreneurs is that our time is the most valuable asset that we have in our business, but also with our families, with our health, with our personal growth, uh, all those certain things that we want to grow in our lives, they require time, they require energy. And we've launched a service that we've been doing for now for over a year that has a lot of traction in the marketplace that just sources a team of virtual assistants for you. And so if you've never had a conversation with a member of our Better Than Rich team before on our virtual assistant program, you're missing out. It's an opportunity to learn more about what we're up to. And ultimately, we help people regain 80, 100, 150 or more hours a month, every single month. And what might that do for you? What might that do for your life? What might that do for your family? If you want to live a life that's truly better than rich, time freedom is a big part of that. So Mike, where can people learn more and why should people at least book a call with our team? Well, first, I think it's very simple for you to just go book a call. It's free. We'll hop on uh, with you, one of our team strategists, and we'll just poke around your business. Worst case, you figure out what your dollar per hour wage is and what your time is worth. And we'll at least make sure you leave with that. Best case scenario, we could give you a team of two or three or more virtual assistants to just get all of your admin offloaded. So make your way over to VA, that's VA as in virtual assistant, dot betterthanrich.com. So that's va.betterthanrich.com and book your call. All the details are on there. The pricing is on there. We're an open book. We just know that this service is really helpful. So va.betterthanrich.com. And we look forward to our conversation with you soon.